comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Podcast. I'm George from Jersey. Joined this week by Aaron Newworth, Craig, and Chub Toad. How you guys doing? Hey, hey. Hey, Hey! Uh, we're here to talk episode five of Fear the Walking Dead Cobalt. But before we get into that, we have some news. So I'm going to throw it over to Aaron. Aaron, why don't you tell us about a certain airplane? Well, because of the incredible popularity of Walking Dead-based spinoffs and the demand on our part, mostly, for more webisodes. And punctuation. And punctuation. We are going to get a new uh, webisode series that is a spinoff of the Fear of the Walking Dead. It's called Fear of the Walking Dead colon Flight 462. Um, I think we mentioned this previously on the past episodes involving this 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 like web, either a spinoff or a webisode series that was going to involve an airplane. Well, we, we, we were under the impression it. it was going to be like an hour or 90 minute long standalone movie that introduced a character who would then come in in season two. And we were under the impression that it would premiere like right before season two. But apparently... We, and really I should say me, because I think I'm the one who thought that, was completely yeah, I didn't wrong. Think that at all. I didn't think yeah. it was going to be a long one. Yeah, I thought it was going to be just a short, like a one-minute intro, I think they said, and then it would, you know, a new character was going to be introduced. That's what I, I heard, but who knows. So what are the actual facts, Aaron? Well, there's the dog named Poochie, and it surfs Finally. in between. No, um, yeah, we have, we have Fear the Walking Dead, <laughs> Flight 462. It's going to take place, it's basically a webisode series, but it's going to be done in a unique way as opposed to the past ones where they've been on AMC.com exclusively and they've been airing like in four different parts or whatever um, and directed by Nicotero. Um, this time we have a webisode series that's going to take place across a total of 16 different installments. Uh, the first is going to debut on AMC.com. Uh, on Sunday, the same day as the walk, Fear the Walking Dead season finale, that same chapter will then air as promos during two commercial breaks in the Walking Dead season six premiere on October 11th. After that, the 15 follow-up chapters will debut every Sunday, both online and during the Walking Dead. They're each going to be less than a minute long, so we're basically going to have this like weird small increment of a of this like mini webisode series debuting every week. I really hope that minute episode. includes the previously on and the next time on. So it's yes, definitely <laughs> in, the in, the, in the center of that. That's a, that's the only way to. I hope there's a lot of flashbacks within these minutes. That's what I hope. <laughs> well, they're re- they're really cramming it down everybody's throats, huh? It's like they're playing it how many times? Once the webisodes, then the two things in the season premiere and then you said also they're gonna it'll certainly be available i think the idea is that you know you have yeah. so much in the world of like social media and you know how to push that these days that they want to make sure you can kind of 
have access to every possible way to see it. At the same time, we're getting a lot of Walking Dead because we, you know, we already so we're getting we got six episodes of Fear the Walking Dead. Then we're going to get eight episodes of The Walking Dead. In between those episodes of The Walking Dead, we're going to get new episodes of many episodes of a show based on The Walking Dead. And then, like, season two of Fear the Walking Dead is going to start, which is longer than this season. So, like, there's going to be rarely a week that doesn't involve Walking Dead next year, which I, I'm sure excites some fans. <laughs> but that brings up the question, because they have that break, that mid-season break after the eight. Is are we going to have to wait those 12 weeks or 16 weeks, whatever it is, to finish the other eight of this airplane series? Well, I'm assuming since it's eight episodes and 16 parts, that it'll be... Didn't, didn't you say it was two parts per episode? No, I said the 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 same premiere chapter of of the first episode will appear as promos during the two commercial breaks during the the Walking Dead season six premiere. Um, after that, it says just fifteen follow ups will debut every Sunday, both online and during the Walking Dead. Okay. So I guess it will be broken up in between that season break because at the end of the season of the Walking Dead proper, we'll pretty soon jump into the next season of Fear the Walking Dead where presumably everyone will have caught up on this webisode series and they'll be familiar with this new character that premieres in that second season. Well, hopefully there's a big cliffhanger at the end of Part 8, like where the pilot turns off the fashion or seatbelt sign or something, and then we'll have something to come back to in the second half. So it, all I know is that my eyes have been cross-eyed the entire time reading all these information. <laughs> <laughs> but you just got, like, strings going to different things on a bulletin board on your wall. and I, I'm just hoping it doesn't involve time travel because that's going to confuse me even further. Oh, I hope it involves time travel. That Actually, would... yeah, saying that I do now also. <laughs> because that would be amazing. All right, so you guys ready to talk about Cobalt in depth? Definitely. All right, so season one, episode five, was entitled Cobalt. It was directed by Carrie Scogland, who directed last week's episode, and written by David Weiner, or David Weiner. Uh, aired on September 27th, 2015, and had 6.6 million viewers, which is actually up from last week. We have those numbers now. Uh, last week was a 6.62. This was a 6.66. And I think it was deserving for it to go up this week. I think they earned that last week. Yeah, it was a pretty good episode. And we got to remember football's back and stuff, so it has more um yeah, has yeah. more competition, but yeah, it was definitely a solid episode this week. It's certainly finding its way. That's that's for sure. It's certainly doing some things that I haven't seen in every other zombie movie now. So, that's exciting. Not everything, but at least some of those things. So, uh, episode 105 starts with a great shot through a backwards American flag. And we've got this guy who, in my notes, I just have listed as Salesman. They never say his name in the episode that I noted. Although, I, I do believe on Wikipedia, it does list a name. Should we consider that a spoiler? Or does the fact that every character has a name not get in our in our I'm way like, we no just it's, a, it. it's a name i'm not calling it a spoiler Strand, his, his yeah. name is Strand. but they never that's, said that's it i agree means. with that i never heard yeah. it i watched it a couple times he, they never said his name at all in that episode victor strand and um i like this guy a lot particularly i like listening to him speak i don't know <laughs> yes. where in the world that accent is but it's almost like an alternate universe christopher walken and i just want him to read me bedtime stories for the rest of my life i i agree i like hearing this person speak i like this character so far just because he seems like something i haven't seen yet on the show um and it's something i'm intrigued by we'll get to you know why as we move along i will say the actor coleman domingo he's from pennsylvania so i mean he's not certainly not like an englishman trying to do like an american accent and like having a weird in, in, in we've never heard that before in the walking dead that's something that's new chose to, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's just what he went for so yeah. 
But yes, he has this very interesting way of punctuating his sentences, and yeah, I, I loved, I just loved it. So can't wait to see more of him next time. But so we get the shot through the backwards American flag, and we've got Strand talking to someone. Um, we don't see exactly who it is at the first, but he says he can sell anything except insurance. And then we see he's talking to Doug, and Doug is crying because Strand seems—I don't know that I'll say crazy—but he he is he's got a one-track mind, and Doug does not want to hear it. Uh, they're in this cage or fence in area, and the salesman starts talking crap about Doug's wife, uh, who we saw last week. It's really weird. Doug continues crying, and eventually the military removes Doug from the cage, and the salesman seems quite happy about that, and he starts talking to another person in the cage, and then the camera pans around, and we see it's Nick sitting on the floor, and then the theme plays, and we cut to commercial. I, I, I like this cut to the, the, the title best so far in this episode. I think it worked very well with with the episode so far. Particularly after the expression on Nick's face, which is just one of utter confusion. Yes, I, I think, it, like, for given that I've had, like, an issue with the tone of the show, I feel like this opening monologue, then jarring cut to the opening title sequence, was the best yet. Do more of this show. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I thought it was done well last week, too, the timing of it. I wasn't on last week, so yeah, do it better. <laughs> so we come back from commercial, and we see Ophelia is quite angry at the military. She's throwing bottles at them. They're on the other side of a fence. Uh, she calls them fascists, and she yells for the support of the other people in the uh, in the DZ. They do not come to her aid. And her boyfriend, military guy, who in my notes I only call Kilmer because even though he has a name, I don't care what it is. He he talks to the rest of his men. He they're they're going to go take her down. He's like, no no no, I will handle it. I will handle it. Um, so he goes through the fence, tells her to take, take her home, um, and then Moyers comes up, he starts starting trouble, and he's going to have the men take him down anyway, and so Kilmer and Ophelia run off. Kilmer would be Corporal Andrew Adams, played by Sean Hatosi, and he's the one that takes Ophelia back, I guess, into the town. Is that what you're talking about, that yes. person? Okay. Yes. Below the nose, he looks like Val Kilmer, so that's, <laughs> that's the only thing I can think of, because I, I still don't think they've said his name in two episodes now, so... Uh, back at the house, Travis and his family discuss their plan. Uh, Chris is upset about Liza. Travis doesn't know what to do. Uh, uh, Chris wants Madison to stay out of it. It is not her problem. It's not her family. And Madison is worried about Nick. Um, I, I rather like the interaction here between Chris and Travis. You know, I know some of you guys have issues with Chris's acting, but they, they did some very different and interesting things with his character tonight. Um, at least from my reading of the episode. I, I, I thought last week he was better than the previous, and then this week I'm, I still think he's about at the same level he was last week, but definitely a little bit of improvement. Yeah, I, I've had the most problem with his acting. Lorenzo James Henry, I guess is his name, and the, the writing seems okay. I mean, that scene on paper I think would have been perfect. It just it seemed right, but he did not deliver it the way it needed to be. It just seemed, again, whiny and just, it didn't work for me. His acting is just not, is not working. So we then transition over to the hospital where Liza is stitching up wounds in, in that makeshift hospital with Dr. Exner. Uh, we're told that Griselda lost her foot and Liza asks about her friends and Dr. Exner gives her the runaround, just like the military continues to do with everybody on every subject all the time in this show. Classic Exner. <laughs> I mean, it was cute, the little scene, too. They were talking about how many nurses they originally had and, you know, where they ended up. It was it was kind of interesting. She was trying to press her for information. Liza was pressing Exner to see what happened to those people. And there was definitely that question last week of, wait, is there even a hospital? Yes, there is a hospital doing hospitally things, seemingly on the up and up, 
but it actually exists, which was not 100% clear from last week's episode. Right. It looks like they took over a college, some kind of school, it looks like. Uh, they... I think they said high school or something. Yeah. They did say what it was, but I don't Community remember Community exactly. college or something. Like they put the fence around it, yeah. and that turned into the makeshift hospital, I suppose. Back in the town, Madison finds Susan's so, uh, suicide note, and she goes to find Alicia. But before she finds her, she hears thumping in the basement and grabs a knife. Uh, this is a nice little tense scene of her not sure what's exactly going to happen. The flashlight goes out at least once. Uh, turns out Daniel and Ophelia have taken Kilmer hostage, and Daniel says this is how we bring them home. I really like this entire sequence because, you know, they've done things, especially in those first three episodes where they were playing on the tropes of the horror, you know, going down the hallway kind of thing. This one actually worked, I thought. And then the reveal of what ha- you know, what was going on, I thought was good. And this this sets up for the whole portion of the episode of Daniel and why I like his character even more now. Yeah, I, I agree with that. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't want to, like, hang out with him now, maybe, as much, but he's certainly an interesting character. It's just, it's going to get to some more interesting stuff, so I can kind of expand upon it later, but I... Fair, I, fair I, enough. I do... The the setup for this was like, oh, I'm intrigued now. <laughs> I was curious why they can't... I, I know the actor, Sean Hattesey. I, I know him from other a lot of other things. I'm like, well, he's got to be in here for something more than just, like, random love interest, so I'm happy to see that there was a development there, and... Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and let me clarify. I didn't say I, I like exactly what he was doing, but I like now where his character is going. I think that we get Richard Tubtoad Sheldon more. supports torture in The Walking Dead headlines. <laughs> Damn it! Damn it! <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll edit that to make it work, right, Jordan? You got that? Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely got some serious acting chops, though. I mean, you can see it in these scenes, even against you know Madison, even against her, Kim Dickens. I mean, he's a serious actor and when he's on the screen you, you're, you're interested you want to watch him uh ruben blades aka the the, the butcher and, or the the barber i should say and i like how she's getting smarter i mean i think generally anybody that's spooked by something might do this but you know her first instinct before she went forward was to get a knife find something you know and and that's a little bit different than what well, we had toby taught her well yeah. <laughs> or maybe she just, you know, she, she maybe she just thought it was uh, Chris and she thought she'd be alone and she could get away with taking him out. I don't know. She was <laughs> Why does everybody hate Chris? <laughs> yeah. So we, when we come back from commercial, uh, Kilmer's trying to reason with them. Their families are fine. They'll be back soon. He just doesn't know exactly where they are. Uh, Daniel says they'll trade him for the others. Madison thinks it's a stupid plan. The military isn't going to trade. But once Ophelia leaves, Daniel agrees with her and says, yeah, but we can still get information out of him, even if the military won't actually trade for him. Ophelia just doesn't need to know that. Greatness. I mean, he he had that line there. He says, so which is it? You don't want him hurt or you don't want to know? He says that to to Madison. (laughs) That was just great. I mean, yeah. yeah. Although from a intelligence of characters point of view, I wanted her to be like, yeah, those two things aren't mutually exclusive, idiot. You know, (laughs) It's a good line for TV, but it's also, like, not mutually exclusive. So it, it's just that. It's a good line for TV. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty much the... Right, right. So Travis goes to talk to Moyers. Uh, Moyers gives Travis the runaround, but says that the people were, t- were taken were risked to the quarantine. Therefore, they couldn't stay here. Uh, Travis starts losing patience, and uh, Moyers tells him, I can do anything I want. I have guns. But he agrees to take Travis to see those who have been taken to prove that they're still okay. Now, here's the question. Did he agree to take Travis and take him to the hospital and leave him there? Was that, I mean, I kind of got that feeling because Travis threatened him a little bit. 
He said, okay, you want to come with me, tough guy? Come on, I'll take you to the hospital, and you can you can basically stay there and leave him there. I, I see that point of view, but also seeing as Travis was kind of the, they are calling him the mayor, and okay, he was right. basically the li- liaison. If they can prove that, hey, your friends are still okay, they're just being kept separate from you for now, he could come back and tell everybody that and hopefully quell any up- unrest. I mean, obviously that's not what's going to happen, um, but in theory that's what could have happened had everything not gone terribly. Like, I didn't think that until Moyers, well, later on, doesn't, you know, return, obviously, not to spoil too much, but I didn't wasn't thinking that until that happened. And I said, oh, maybe Moyers did have something, and now that he's out of the picture, Travis is safe again. We get a little kind of one-off conversation between one of the grunts and Moyers, and he's complaining. He says they've been sleep-deprived about 50 hours, and Moyers does not seem to care. 50? 50. That's a long time. Yeah. Uh, back at the house. And I guess, are they in Susan's basement? Yes. Uh, yeah. She found the note upstairs, yeah. so I'm right. assuming so. But Yeah. Um, so back over there, Daniel prepares to torture the info out of Kilmer. Uh, Kilmer starts dropping information as fast as possible. But it seemed, at least to me, that Daniel didn't care and really kind of just wanted to torture him for his relationship with Ophelia more than anything else, and he continues on with his preparation, regardless of the fact that he's already getting all the information he wants. Uh, I think he did think he had more than he had. It's possible, but that look in his eye was not just a, I can get more out of you. It was, that was personal. Yeah, but I don't, I I don't see him as someone that's taking pleasure in this kind of thing. Someone eats, it's something he's accustomed to. Um, See, I don't know. I kind of, uh, like, 100% disagree with you. I saw pleasure in his eyes in having to do that. Or getting to do that, I should say. I I actually agree with both of you. That's not possible. (laughs) Yes, it is. Because this is what I see. Someone who is very good at something and does that for a living enjoys doing that. He has not been able to do this work for years from my taking on it. And... It's not he was taking pleasure in doing it. I don't think he liked having to do it, like Aaron said, but I think the pleasure you saw in his eyes was, you know, the pleasure of somebody doing what they're good at again. That's that's what I took it at, not so okay, much. Okay, fair enough. That makes more yeah, sense to me. I agree with Richard, too. I, I think it's business as usual. This is This is his trade. This is what he did. This is what he was trained to do. And he's doing it because he has to. Now the soldiers are back and people yeah, are being trucked off, as he said. And, okay, he's got to get his information. And, and you're right. The guy was spilling his guts. But he says, okay, okay, we still have to do this. But all right. You know, it's just, he, he's a trained interrogator. And he was going to do his job. Yeah, there's no, like, there's no empathy here. It's just, it's just like it's a thing that he does. He's good at it. Like macrame. Exactly, just like that. Uh, so Travis takes his Humvee ride to the hospital with the military. Uh, they see a walker, and they stop to take it out. Uh, they make Travis shoot the walker, or at least try to. He is not happy about it. Uh, he he's doesn't want to deal with guns. He doesn't like guns. Uh, but Moyers seems to be... We've kind of gotten impressions of this, but is not only arrogant, but also possibly deranged, uh, at least to a certain extent. Um, Travis tries to do it, but he just can't. He's looking through the scope. He's looking directly into the eyes of the walker named Kimberly, at least based on her name tag. Um, and he just can't shoot her. And so Moyers does it instead. And we cut to commercial. Moyer, Moyer was one of those captain of the football team in high school, had the head cheerleader as a girlfriend, all that stuff, and then got outside of high school and realized he wasn't shit. Well, except in and the military. And so now... <laughs> So now he's in the military, got a little rank on him, and he's throwing it around. That's all he is. He's one giant f- 
but I, and I but I think it also comes down to just what we were talking about with um, Daniel's character. I do think that it's a business as usual type thing as well, where he is kind of he knows how to do this stuff, and he's able to not necessarily. I mean, he, I think he takes more pleasure than Daniel does in torturing, but I, yeah. I but he is. He's in his element, I guess, is the way to put it. And it, it kind of reduces the idea of him being a sociopath because they're all dead already. But he is taking advantage of the fact that he can just shoot people in this manner and also get get it to um, Travis a little bit just based off the situation they find themselves in. I uh, I think the Latin term for that is douchebag. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just don't understand why Travis didn't fire the gun. I mean, at this point, regardless of how he feels about things, he knows these people are dead. I mean, he's seen just as much... Pacifist to the end. Well, Remember, you know how he feels oh, about guns. Oh, man. I mean, come, I was throwing the remote at the television. I'm like, just fire the darn thing. Even if he missed, at least he would have redeemed himself in the eyes of the soldiers. And, and I, I just didn't understand that. I guess he's just... They're trying to make him... He's a yeah, principle. All right, he's got principles. Well, we'll see how far that and, takes I mean, him. at least they're being consistent with him. You That's might true. not like what they're being consistent about, but they are being consistent. I'll give him credit for that. Well, and he, and and this, again, the, the acting is upped because, you know, he's selling that conviction and that belief better in this scene than he has in the earlier episodes. I'm actually starting to... I'm still thinking he's doomed, but I'm starting to invest in that character a little bit now uh, with this episode. So, Well, it's creating tension without actually putting the characters in jeopardy, so that makes it automatically more personal to a point right, because you're, right. like, you're actually motivated to see how this is going to turn out without having to you know, kind of boil it down to some kind of melodramatic scene involving life or death. It's more of like, this is a character beat. Well, and to, to build off of that, he is, not only is he literally not in danger... But there's no reason why it needs to be him who does it, you know, in that yeah. moment. Like, yeah, we we know that, you know, going forward, he will have to, you know, assuming he survives, will have to do it eventually. But this is a case where not only does it not need to be done necessarily by anyone, it certainly doesn't need to be him who does it. So you can definitely sympathize with him. Yeah. You mentioned Jeopardy. That word kept popping in my head as we were watching this. It's like these characters have not been in Jeopardy really at all, except maybe the first episode and a little bit of the second with the riots, but from walkers, from the dead. Well, I mean, he did have, he did get knocked to the ground by uh, the neighbor. Okay. Right before Daniel took in, his in face the house, off. In the house. And, and, and Madison had to deal with her zombie Pr- principal. But, but yeah. I mean, in general, they haven't really been exposed to the world. They've got a couple of tastes of it, and they haven't really... Oh, they've gotten really lucky right. so far. So I guess we're going to see what happens as it, as it goes forward. But I just kept thinking, yeah, these characters are not in trouble. They're not afraid. Like, even in the prison, in the original series, you felt like just the walkers were everywhere. They're ready to come in and take them out. And it's just, uh, you don't get that feeling just yet. I guess they're building, it's done deliberately. It's done on purpose to build, a, to do a slow burn, as they say. I mean, it's interesting. Uh, so when we come back from commercial, we're at the hospital, which in my notes I do have confirmed it is set up in high school. Um, they then try to save a soldier with a collapsed lung, and then they see another one has bite marks, and they quickly wheel him to another room. Yeah. So they are, they're doing the uh, right stuff here so far. And very important thing that we understand in a few more scenes, but you see a technician or a nurse or something dragging a canister of some kind of gas. Oh, that's true. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, well, uh, as they're wheeling that right. body out. Yeah, I, I forgot about that, but yeah. that is true. Yeah. 
back in the Humvee. The Humvee continues. They're hearing chatter over radio. Um, it becomes increasingly more panicked and screaming, so they rush in to take care of it and help out the guys who are under attack from walkers. Travis is told to stay in the truck, and he sits watching from the windows and listening to the continued screaming on the radio as, I guess it was like an apartment building or something like that, but uh, soldiers have gotten pinned down. Everyone else is rushing in to save them, and it does not seem to be going very well at all. But I like, I like this. I know some people who are complaining that it was like telling and not showing, which I totally understand and have made that complaint about other things many times myself. But at least in this case, particularly with Travis, like we were talking about before, in this case, not only is he not even given the option to be active, but his pacifism is enforced by other people. And to see him utterly alone in that. Uh, in that Humvee as he has to listen to the screams and he not only can't not not only can't act but doesn't even have the option to act is I thought it was pretty creepy him only being able to hear what's going on my thought on that is that they honestly they probably just didn't have the budget to do what they could have done so they just chose a different way to go about it and it has that's what they went with which Which is absolutely fair enough and, and I and I agree with Aaron that's more than likely the case but I think that they you know I don't remember who it was, but some director, I think it may have been Spielberg, but you get these happy accidents whenever you're having to do things because of budget reasons, when you're having to find alternatives. Or because the shark doesn't work. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that, I don't know if this was a happy accident or not, but, you know, by forcing us to use our theater of the mind like he was doing, it puts us more in his chair. Yes, yeah. identifies us more with that character and what they're going through, like you said, um, and that, that is what evokes the visceral reaction from the viewers that the show needs and hasn't had up until the last couple episodes. So, yeah, I I thought it was pretty smartly done. Back at Susan's house, Daniel continues to torture Kilmer as he's telling him stories. Um, and, and it's a little bit more expanding on what we had already known about Daniel's past, but now there's this this metaphor of there's no difference between the man in the chair and the man torturing him. And we'll come back more to that later, but you know, so more stories about El Salvador and and the things he had to do there, the things that were done there. Um, the camera keeps pulling back more and more. We, we don't see the torture for a long time, but we do see, start to see a little bit of blood here then a little, then a little bit more there and then a lot of blood. And so it's at first, you don't even think any torture started, but it definitely has by the end. Um, Daniel has heard coming over the radio this term cobalt being mentioned uh, quite a few times in like the last hour or so, and he wants to know what it means. And that's when the camera reveals that the skin has been stripped from Kilmer's right arm, um, one layer at a time, and Kilmer denies knowing what cobalt is at all, and Daniel continues to scrape it off with one of his barber's razors. It's kind of gross. Yeah. I wouldn't say I was confused by what was going on, but like I was. I felt like there was some. They're having some trouble trying to communicate how this torture was playing out exactly. It, well, he literally I, explains it later on. He does, yeah, it's later on. So I was like, I, I was trying to get a grip on like, how are we going about doing this exactly? And it kind of, over time, it revealed itself. It's not really much of like a nitpick. It's more of just like, I was trying to get there, and they did the best they could given how graphic something like that is on a human as opposed to like, hey, we can just blow up zombie heads whenever we want to. <laughs> right. Do you do you think, though, that at least in that point it was on purpose because you weren't supposed to know how he was being tortured right off the bat? Or that's he was how at all? I took it. That's what, to I a, mean, that's what I thought. I, I, I mean, I thought, oh, they're going to reveal something, you know, like 
knows like, why. is he missing his legs or has his, yeah, are his yeah. hands been chopped off or what's happening here? I want yeah, to know, I don't, but I don't, I don't think want it, to know. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't too, like, I wouldn't use the word clunky to describe it. I wouldn't say it's that far. I think, I think it's just more of the it it was the bounds the the bounds they had to both like create a a sense of dread for what's going on mixed with how to properly edit something like this to keep it kind of within a certain yeah i think it was of intensity it was a it was an attempt at suspense and it was poorly executed i mean i think it worked the way they directed it it worked for me i knew he something was going on the blood was being drawn you didn't know how but you said he was removing layers of skin it looked like he was just slicing his arm that's why i was confused because it be, I, I realized it was flaying eventually but at the time it was just like are that's you what seemed like it was like, like, there, there was like a long vertical cut no it decisions. was in strips it those vertical cuts were because it was swelling he 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 was taking strips oh i see i didn't i didn't even catch that and going deeper and deeper every time, because that's you know, where it comes in with the um the which nerve is what I picked up. The deeper you go, right? They're little like quarter inch strips, and he's just he's slicing them and then just peeling them off the the. Gotcha. That, the see, I totally missed that. Then it didn't even it didn't. It was too subtle even for me to catch that. I, I missed it. I've seen things. <laughs> things you don't want to know. El Salvador about. interrogation techniques. <laughs> he spent time in Oklahoma. Exactly. So we then catch up with Alicia and Chris. Uh, Chris sitting on top of a car. They talk for a bit. They decide to go for a bike ride. She says she wants to show him something. And they go to the house of a nearby rich uh, family, which has been abandoned. And they decide it's time to play with their toys. And Good we'll acting. I liked Alicia I, in this a lot. She was seemed very relaxed. I, and yeah. she's, on the bike. <laughs> yeah, she was very relaxed, very cool. I mean, it seems like the directors just let her loose and let her be herself a little bit in this episode. And it worked. I am, I'm actually liking her a lot now. As before, she was just too crazy. Back at the hospital slash holding area, uh, we check in with the salesman. Uh, what did we decide his name was? Because I've already forgotten. Victor something. Well, his name Strand? is a Strand. Yeah, Victor Strand. 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 So yeah. Victor Strand is there. The military calls him over to the fence. They're wearing surgical masks. They check his temperature, and then they continue on. Uh, Nick has a fever, and they're going to take him down sales, downstairs, but Strand bargains with them to get him back. Says he'll keep an eye on him. He trades his uh, cufflinks to the military guy there. Um, Nick has returned, and the military says, hey, if, if Nick turns and he uh, turns into a walker, it's your ass, and and Strand says it's going to be a lot more than just that, so or something along <laughs> yeah. those lines. I laughed. Uh, back at the Humvee with Travis, uh, the military is fleeing the building. Walkers are pursuing. Moyers is dead, and the rest of the men, once they get in the Humvee with Travis, say, "Yeah, we're not going to bring you back to the to the hospital. It is too dangerous. We are heading back." And they say Moyers is dead. They say he's not coming back. Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. Maybe they took him out. We don't know. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Or maybe they took him out and he is coming back. That, would be, he, <laughs> that is an option. I like world. him. He's a good actor. He has some of the best lines in the show. I would not mind seeing him. Bring him back. Bring Toby back. Be an all-stars. Fear the Walking Dead all-stars. He he is a good actor. He does have a good lines, but just that general type of character annoys me. And not like, oh, why do they have to have a character like this? But it's more like people in the real world like that really annoy me. And so if I don't have to see them on television or in movies, it's not going to bother me. He reminded me of General Lane from DC Comics. Kind of that I'm a soldier and I'm in, you know, I'm better than you <laughs> kind of thing. 
back at Susan's house. Ophelia happens upon the torture, and uh, she is not thrilled. Uh, and Daniel Madison shares is- <laughs> one of those one of those Wednesday problems. <laughs> yeah. Happens upon the torture. <laughs> oh no, not again, Daniel. Oh, you guys! I can't leave you alone for two put, seconds. Put and Madison away. had one job. Daniel told her, "Keep Ophelia out of here. Just just watch her, please. Keep her in the house." Madison fails. She fell asleep, and 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 she got out. Ophelia got out. Uh, so Daniel and Madison share a silent moment before Daniel uh, tells her some more stories, and he tells her that his daughter knew the stories of the things that had happened in El Salvador, but she'd never known which was the man in the chair and which was the man standing over him. And this is the time. This is the first time in her life she has ever found out he was the bad guy in all the stories he has told her when she was a kid, and he's heartbroken that she now knows. Um, but Madison wants to know, did he tell us what we need to know? And we cut to commercial. It's a great line. Uh, I don't think she delivered it that well. This could yeah. have been the moment that she came into her character. Maybe she's a turning point for her. She's getting cold, getting ruthless, which she needs to become. I think she delivered it very flat. I didn't like that at all, the way she delivered that line. I liked exactly what you said. That they, I got what they were trying to accomplish, so I got that. But I don't know if it was exactly flat but i agree it could have been better so back at the makeshift hospital uh liza is searching for her friends uh she happens past the the fenced in area which lets us know that this is in fact the same geographical location uh she continues on and finds griselda in another caged in area separated from everyone else she's sedated uh, exner finds her and asks why liza doesn't trust her um which I, i'm liking exner more and more but we can get into that in a second um, and she says Griselda has septic shock and there's simply nothing they can do for her except make her comfortable. But yeah, I'm starting to like Dr. Exner more and more. Like, she seems less awful than the rest of the military personnel and maybe not 100% trustworthy, but nothing she's done so far seems to be outside the realm of things she probably should be doing as a doctor looking out for everyone's best interest. Well, she and she definitely does. I mean, she's got that... She's taken the oath and she is a doctor and you know she does that to help people but at the same time whenever you're trying to help a larger number of people sometimes you have to forego your own morals so it's possible that she's had to see and witness things and keep her mouth shut or things like that and we learn here in a little bit about the gas little gas tank thing exactly what's going you know so i i don't think she's evil I don't think the military is evil. I just think they're 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 stupid. So. Oh, fair enough. But I, I think she's definitely separating herself from that pack, at least in my right, mind. Right, right. Which is good. Right. Yeah. I wasn't uh I wasn't on last week to talk about it, but I, I like Doctor Exner. I do think she's. I think everyone's hiding something. I would agree with that in terms of the people that are you know in charge quotation marks. But um, I do think she's kind of on a on a greater good type of purpose. I, I like. I think she anything that she does that might be suspicious. I think it's because there's an overall goal that she's trying to reach. That doesn't necessarily mean I have to tell everybody everything that's going on. I need to just keep some things close to the vest. And she doesn't want them to learn about her secret family in Wichita. Yeah, that, obviously. She's the only person left alive that knows that this whole thing is the Hellmouth opening up under L.A. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was Sunnydale, that... not L.A. Come on, now. That's it's what a... drove her to Sunnydale, was the Hellmouth open, remember? Was this actress yeah. in Buffy or something, and I'm not remembering it? No, I'm just... Okay, you're, no. you're just making a general California joke. Yeah. Okay, just, just double-checking. I was like, who did she play in Buffy? Yeah. <laughs> 
we catch back up with Chris and Alicia in the scene that Aaron doesn't like. Uh, they're all dressed up in the rich folks' clothes. Um, they talk about the life that was built and lost inside that empty home. And they, they've clearly been drinking, or at least Alicia has. And then they begin to smash up the house piece by piece. Why blah, didn't blah, he go blah, up the stairs? Boring, boring. He should have went up the stairs. Yeah, Why exactly. did he turn around? Why? I don't understand. Because he's like 12. Oh, is he that young? He's got to no. be like 16, it looks like. I would I say 12 not, to 14. Yeah. I thought that at no, one point like they 15, said he was 16. 15. Yeah, it's all the same. It's not all the same. Anyone under 20 isn't even really a person. Come on. You're barely over 12. What are you talking (laughs) about? (laughs) I'm almost 30. Come on now. Almost 30. Jeez. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, I I really like, I mean, I got that they're trying to build. I I don't know if romantic tension's the right thing, but sexual tension maybe. I don't know. It's working for Game of Thrones. I just, yeah. Well, but they're not truly blood related here. But no, no, I'm just being sarcastic. But you know, I just I I don't know. At one point, I I can't remember exactly what part of the scene it was, but there was this look in both their eyes, and I was, and they weren't looking at each other. And well, it's, and it's when he starts to go up the stairs and sees her semi semi undressed in the mirror, right? right. And yeah. she just gives him this. I I thought it was being played more as a joke because I was laughing during it, but like she gives him this no. look of. <laughs> well, didn't earlier before they started uh, going all romper room in there, didn't she say something about you know we could be this could all be ending soon or something like that or maybe he said that, you know I just felt like and so you got the impression she wants to bang him. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't know. Yeah, uh, maybe she's bored. I think I don't know. I, I think yeah, <laughs> I, no, no, no. I, I, wait, 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 I wait. That... Aaron's the voice of reason. Aaron, go. As much as I just, you know, I don't care. For my thoughts on this scene, I don't care about this stuff. This is just, this seems like a replacement for, well, we can't have Nick going for heroin every week, so let's do something else. Let's have, a like, a very trite romantic subplot going on. That's what it seems like. So you did read it as romantic? I I, I read it as the early stages of something that could develop into something later on. Yes. Planting the seeds. Um, And that wouldn't bother me if it did, but that's just not how I read it. I thought it was more funny than anything else. It, it would bother me to to the point of like I don't care about these people enough to want to see them get shipped all of a sudden. Like that's not where I need to go. I have a prediction though. I think this is going to turn out to be somewhat maybe of a relationship between those two, and then Chris may end up in a bad situation, maybe get taken out, and that would make her go berserk. But and she's already the, got Matt for that. She doesn't need her stepbrother or whatever it technically is. It's po- It's true because well, she already did go berserk a little bit over him dying. That's true. Now, if this guy goes to her stepbrother, I mean, it could push her over the edge. Maybe she'll become this 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 berserk warrior or something and just go nuts and try to take out a lot of people. Who knows? But I think it's something to develop her character. That that's my suspicion. Her name to Zena. <laughs> I, I like this world that uh, that that you exist in, where the the least likable character on the show is the one that might be t- offed. I like that you think that that's the way things work. I, I like to think positive, <laughs> positive thoughts. Yes. Speaking of Matt, though, what's the over under on us seeing him next week? Are they just never going to show us a zombie Matt or a hey, I wasn't actually bit by a zombie; it was a dog bite, and I'm fine, Matt? Like. I think he's done. You've said this. You've said this character like three times, and it took me that third time to realize. Oh yeah, that was a character. I, honestly, <laughs> I just I just stopped thinking about this. He I just, shows I up and said, "Tis but a flesh wound." <laughs> I got better. Like, go but, but seriously, are we just never? Are we just going to be in assume he's dead land, yeah. and they've just already forgotten about him? Yeah, he's in the DZ. I, I think. I think he, I, they yeah, took mor- him out. Morning's not morning's not big on Fear the Walking Dead, apparently. <laughs> 
But that that was Alicia's motivation for the first four episodes. Like, to the point Wait, where she tattooed herself You're saying herself that this character is inconsistent and not likable for that reason? <laughs> no, I'm saying the character is being consistent, so it would be strange if the show forgot about it, because thus far they've been very consistent about it. You see what I mean? Well, we did have I that jump mean, for like a week the... and a half from the, the, the two episodes, and there's all this stuff, you know, apparently Travis has become the mayor. But she still tattooed other... herself after that last week. Like, it was still no, in her mind No, but I'm just saying is, is time is starting to... You know, she's got more things to worry about at this point. Oh, I'm not disagreeing, but I'm so, saying I don't know that she like, knows Like that. whether or not some 15-year-old kid wants to screw her. <laughs> Which, <laughs> let's, let's just be clear, he does because he's a, a boy child and they'd always want to do that. But that's beside the point. <laughs> hashtag boobs. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, how did you know that was my favorite hashtag? Hashtag um, <laughs> Chub Toad approves. <laughs> um, so Travis is back in... <laughs> As my notes say, D.C. He's not in the District of Columbia. He's back in the D.Z. Um, and he finds a shell-shocked Ophelia. Um, he continues on. He confronts Madison. And he, after he has seen or has heard from Ophelia what happened, and he says, tell me you didn't know. And she does not answer him. I mean, again, he's he's playing this very pacifist type of character. He wants everything to be fine. He won't fire a gun. He won't attack a zombie. He's just following this path. We, we don't know where it's going to end up. And she's condoning torture, which, hey, at least is a genuine character conflict, <laughs> which I like. Um, not the torture part, but that they have a conflict. Uh, so we head back to the basement. Hey, surprise, Kilmer is still alive and he's still telling Daniel more info. Um, we, we find out the story about 2,000 people that were attacked by zombies, started trampling each other inside of a stadium, um, and they were mowed down with the infected by the military, and then including Kilmer, and he's still haunted by what he had to do, and everyone who's still left is locked in the stadium now. Yeah, that probably won't come back to bite him in the ass. <laughs> well, it, it we'll see. Uh, Travis and Madison come in, and uh, Travis tries to untie Kilmer, but Madison stops him, and she tells Kilmer to tell him about Cobalt. Gentlemen, are you ready to find out what Cobalt is? Are you ready? Isn't that it's the like cool line blue? that they sell at Lowe's? Yes. <laughs> With a K. Cobalt is the command code to initiate evac from the L.A. base, and the military plans to abandon the civilians and terminate the people at the hospital, and it's going to happen at 9 a.m. the next day. And then we cut to commercial. All right, so the question is, do they mean kill the people in the hospital or kill everyone? Because there's been a lot of, I've been following this on the web a little bit, and people are thinking both ways on that. I read it as abandon the people in the town, kill the people in the hospital. I read it as kill everyone because that's what they already have done. Anybody that didn't get into these fenced-in quarantine zones, they mowed them down. And I have a feeling that would be pretty much what they would do. Why leave potential, you know, killers behind? I would buy that except for the fact that the military was just leaving in, in later scenes. They weren't patrolling. They weren't killing people. They were just leaving. Yeah, well, there, there's other ways to kill crowds of people than guns. Oh, f oh, fair enough. So, Absolutely. A, a la napalm, napalm like in Atlanta, Georgia, we saw a few uh, a few yeah, seasons I, ago. Yeah, I, w I'm ex I was expecting, didn't get it, and maybe we'll get it next week. I was expecting exactly that. Napalms, you Ooh. know. Or a nuke. They could throw a rock at them. <laughs> <laughs> a really big rock. Hey, it worked for the dinosaurs. Um, after commercial... Uh, we come back to the fenced-in area at the hospital, and Nick is vomiting in the cage, to which uh, 
To which Victor says, Well, I was wishing we had something to mask the smell of urine. You saved the day. <laughs> which I liked. Um, Nick asks why he saved him, and uh, Vic says, He didn't save him, he obligated him. And the salesman has figured out that the military will be leaving soon, and he wants Nick's help in escaping, and he shows Nick that he has secreted away a key for when the time is right. Some great lines out of that, too. I mean, uh, what did he say here? And the people who won the last round with their grande lattes and frequent flyer miles are about to become the buffet. Some good good writing there. I like that. He delivered it yeah, well, too. Yeah, I agree. Back with Liza, Griselda is speaking in Spanish. She's rambling about da uh, Daniel being the devil. Uh, the knight spent waiting for the mob to come and kill them for what Daniel did. And she thinks being eaten by the walkers will be her penance. But she talks about uh, during this how she fell in love with him before she knew who he was and decided to stay with him, and that's why she has this penance. Uh, she then seizes and dies, and Exner gives Liza the information about everyone being infected and pulls out the cattle gun. And Liza, with Exner's help, uses the cattle gun on Griselda and puts her out of her soon-to-be zombiehood. I love these comedy scenes. Like, these are the ones that really make you want to keep watching. <laughs> you didn't like this? You didn't like how it played out? No, I like these. I was kidding. Okay. I like the, I like the scene quite a bit. I thought you were saying say, it, intended, I, I it was intended to be serious and it came off as laughable. part of the episode. So. No, I just think it's just so dark. Like, everything about it's dark. But I, I like this scene quite a bit. I think I think it's very well done. It's, it's so long, Griselda. Uh, you went out like a trooper. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I, I did like the just the, the acting between all these people. I guess this is a scene that kind of passes the Bechdel test, and um, <laughs> it's, uh, well, it's just well done. Except overall. Griselda is very specifically speaking about a man the whole time. Well, well, once she's got out of it, then then the other two are talking about it. Fair enough. Know, they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, right. and any scene between uh, Chris and Alicia, he doesn't really count. And if <laughs> and 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 as that whole thing's going on, if you look really closely in the background, you see a younger uh, Mika and Lindsay or. Lizzie? Lizzie, yeah. No, I, I was thinking about how is how is it that the fake story we came up with about the child serial killers and their doll being her backstory is less dark than her actual backstory. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Kids. We see a scene of Chris and Alicia returning home, hiding from the military as they go, but the mili military does not seem to be patrolling. They're leaving. Something is wrong. And then later we see Daniel sneaking down another street. Uh, he sees the Humvees leaving as well. Um, he walks up the, these steps and we see he's at the stadium. And there's he hears the walkers behind the chains. The uh, the doors start to be rattled. The chains start to be rattled and pushed out. But uh, the chains are keeping them closed. And the Love camera it. pulls back to reveal that this is not a small stadium. And the episode ends. I loved that scene. Yeah. I mean, it, it gave me, you know reminders of the doors in the hospital when Rick woke up and <laughs> don't get open that. inside. Yeah. Just, the you know, but I, it, it just, you saw the look in Travis's eyes. You saw the, okay, this is much worse. Daniel's than eyes. I, I mean, Daniel, yeah, this is much worse than I possibly could have imagined. And yeah. I mean, why, why did he go? I like it. Don't get, I love the scene. Why did he go? Obviously, he's outside of the community. He had to cut a hole, probably another hole, through the fence to get out and go to the stadium. There's a lot of holes in this fence. Oh, yeah. This, we <laughs> it's just a Swiss fence. Add him up. But why did he go? To verify this guy's story? Yeah, that's kind of my guess is if he wants that's to verify Cobalt, he needs to verify the guy's other terrible story. And if that one's true, um, Cobalt's probably true as well. That's just my thought. Also, it's a cool way to end the episode. But yeah. that's just the, the TV watcher and me speaking, so. Mm. 
So before we continue on, let's take a moment to talk about our sponsors. Of course, you know them, you love them. It's DCBService.com, Discount Comic Book Service, and their sister site, InStockTrades, at InStockTrades.com. And if you don't know them, and you don't love them, you need to find them. <laughs> yes. If you don't know them and don't love them, you're doing something wrong. Uh, comics are expensive. We talk about it all the time. But, you know, I dropped 30 bucks last week on comics. I think it was 40 the week before. Uh, this week coming up, I need to buy not just comics, but bags and boards. That's going to be an expensive day. But you can go to dcbservice.com, instocktrades.com, and save a ton of money. We're talking 20% off, 30% off, sometimes even 50% off or more. And these are great deals on not just comics, but t-shirts and hoodies and hats and action figures and statues and Funko Pops and all kinds of geeky nerdy stuff if there's a thing that you love that you would have gotten beaten up in high school for wearing a t-shirt of you can get that t-shirt now at deep deep discounts at dcbservice.com and stocktrades.com they're awesome you're gonna save a ton of money and you're gonna get cool nerd stuff that let's face it you want so check it out and we thank them for sponsoring us so, with the recap out of the way, let's talk about our ratings. Of course, one is bad, five is awesome. Uh, on a rating scale of one to five, Aaron, what do you give this episode? Um, honestly, I didn't even think about this that much. I, you, I, you realize I we did... do this every single time, right? Well, I mean, no, rating-wise. <laughs> God, I mean, I just... you give a guy a week off and he just slacks. I, well, it's just, it's difficult because, like, I, I think this is, like, you know, I think the episodes have just been getting better and better. So I would say this is, like, the best episode yet again. But, like, I still wouldn't put it up into that, like, higher up of, like, this is, like, really good television where that's where, like, I think four and above goes. So I'm still going to go, like, three and a half. But it's just, like, it's just been kind of, because I don't do three, I don't do the in-betweens or whatever. So it's, <laughs> I, I'm at, like, three and a half. Yeah, I, I'm at three and a half, um, you know, missing Tobias's, mainly because, you know, there's no Tobias once again. But, yeah, I would, like, I credit the episode for being fairly, like, interesting to watch throughout, which I think it's, you know, it's, it's very watchable, which I know that might be weird to say, but this is a show where my interest has been kind of, like, waning every now and then because I just haven't been as satisfied with this, sh this spinoff series as I might have liked. So this these last two in particular, they've been better for sure, and I do think the, uh, you know, it, it gave more for Daniel to work with. It had a number of nice scenes between a, a number of the different characters that we talked about on here. Um, I do like the, um, not the lack of zombie action, but how it's been put at a minimum to kind of work on these characters instead. And I think that's benefited the show greatly. So yeah, overall, like it, it's a three and a half leaning on a four and hopefully the finale delivers. I'll give this one again, a 3.75. And again, this show seems like it's going out of its way to not show zombie carnage. Uh, like in the library scene, we you know we, we we heard it, we didn't really see it except for one Walker coming out. Although I can watch and listen to Ruben Blatas speak calmly and slice and dice people all day, um, that almost pushed it to a four. Yeah, it's great. I mean, he's a great actor, so just seeing those scenes with him was a treat. And again, I, that could have pushed it to a four, but again, it seems like they're trying too hard not to be The Walking Dead. It's when they're not trying that the show shines, like Toby. Uh, Lieutenant Moyers. These are characters they really didn't try too hard on, but they're the most likable for me. So they need to stop trying so hard to not be The Walking Dead. Just kind of become its own thing. Um, I'm liking Alicia more and more. As I said before, she's calmed down a bit. She's a lot more likable. Direction was solid. Unlike the first few episodes, I, I like this director a lot. So 3.75 out of 5. Hoping for more action next week. 
Well, I I like this episode even more than last week, just slightly. I think I think they're pretty much on even ground uh, as far as the quality that was delivered. I do, like I said earlier, I do have somewhat of an investment in some of the characters that I didn't before. Um, I I agree that the, the direction is definitely better. I just the whole production seems better. Like I said last week, they seem to be lighting scenes better. They're framing them better. Um, they're still using some of the tropes here and there, but they're they're doing it in a way that's a little more subtle. All in all, I, I really like where this has gone with the military. As I said at the end of uh, the episode three, you know, something interesting may be fixing to happen, something that's worthwhile, and I was right. I've really enjoyed this part of the story arc so far. I like the introduction of this uh, Victor Strand character. I, I like that name. It sounds like something from an H.P. Lovecraft novel. Uh, I, I like the interaction with him and uh, Nick. Uh, I, I thought that there was a lot of good writing in this episode and, and, and a lot of visual cues to people starting to get what's truly going on. So um, I, I, like I said, it's just about like last week, so I, I will stick with my four on this one. Yeah, I'm up to a four as well, or back up to a four, I guess I should say. Um, I really like this one as well. I like Victor Strand quite a bit. I'm liking Dr. Exner more. I'm liking Liza more. I'm liking some of the pairings they're finding, like those two, or like Chris and Alicia. Um, the Daniel stuff was was really interesting. Tra- Again, I really liked Travis and the Humvee. Was it a budgetary thing? Maybe, but I thought it was really effective. Um, the show is starting to really find its footing and go some interesting places that I haven't seen in 100 zombie movies already, like most of the type of things you're going to see in the the infection has just started type stories. So that's exciting to me, and I'm excited to find out what's going to happen in the season finale and how they set up uh, next season and the uh, the airplane special. So we'll see, but who cares what we think? Um, let's talk about what our Facebook listeners think. Uh, if you head over to our Facebook group, the Walking Dead TV podcast Facebook group on Facebook, where else? You'll find our thriving community there of listeners who like to discuss the show and discuss news and discuss the episodes as they come out. And that's where we get their ratings for the episode. So, Aaron, why don't you start us off? All right. Well, uh, we have Belinda here, and she says, I give this a solid three out of five teenagers about to get a rude awakening. I found it distasteful, and I squirmed to my seat, but this is a bridge episode which has much subtext going on. We see the detention camp and the hospital and the conditions there. We see the greed and ignorance of those in charge. We see the blinders coming off. Things are ratcheting up. Hezron Mack said the episode gets three. Travis, you're going to learn the hard way out of five. They should have got here sooner. Yes, and Cheryl Morris Goodman, I'll give it a 3.9 morally ambiguous El Salvadorians out of five. Part of the problem might be the insular nature of the characters they choose. An English teacher, guidance counselor, and family really can only provide us with the suburban point of view. Brent Jones gives us 4.25 Tobies. He says best one yet in his opinion. Travis needs to quit being such a p- but we got a glimpse into how the units in the field would act and handle the breakdown. Yeah, not well. <laughs> My man, Mike Jones, writes three shady jewelry traders out of five. It was nearly as good as the pilot and the only episode since the pilot I wanted to watch again right away. Anyone else think the stepbrother and sister seemed a little too cozy? Yep. Everard Santa Marina, this episode finally delivered a Kirkman Walking Dead type experience. I give it four. 
overused bolt guns out of five. I like the guy in the cage uh, goading Duck over the e- uh, Doug over the edge, aka Strand, and then picking to save Nick for the future use. You can see Moyers had lost it when they took out the donut shop clerk. <laughs> I think the Ruben Blades character is too evil to survive. It's funny how his true character has never really been hidden. We've just chosen to ignore it up until we see it clearly. Tarek Arwar, this episode started off with how I felt about this season so far. Intriguing story, but at an annoyingly slow pace. But this episode really started to pick things up for me. I liked the emotional drama Travis was going through on whether or not to kill the waitress walker. I'm going to give it an episode. I'm going to give the episode a four out of five Walker filled stadiums. Robert Negro says four demon barbers of Fleet Street out of five. This was a much stronger episode than most of the previous ones. Pooh is hitting the fan now. I know they're setting things up for people who want to continue watching next year, but the show could have done more as others have said. Nick Muse, I give it three diamond cufflinks out of five. It is weird. My most favorite character so often other than Tobias was the dude in the cage of Nick. No, that's not weird. That's just the right way to think. <laughs> uh, Shalem Bensavenga gave it a four out of five badass barbers. Now it's getting good. Maybe we will look back at the series as a slow burn. I really like Mr. Cufflinks. That's a good name. I like that nickname. <laughs> That's a good name, but this one's better. This is my favorite name to see on our Facebook group. Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington. My favorite episode so far. Loved it, so I'll give it four chained up arena doors out of five. Building up nicely for the finale, and to keep everyone calm in the apocalypse, they all need to sit with Nick's cellmate. I am the only one who was chilled listening to his voice. Well, him and also uh, Doug. Doug Doug was in tears having to listen to him, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, Luke Smith, this episode has made me realize that Daniel is the best character. He gets it. 3.5. Paul McEachern, four Tobys out of five, best yet. Still would love to see some more characters go, but the introduction of the wolf leaves me very intrigued to see what talents Nick actually has beyond a drug addict and a general pain in the ass. I like him as Winston Wolf as well. That's also (laughs) a good illusion. For sure. David Bue the third, 4.25 Malcolm Thawns out of 5. DC Comics reference there. This episode really did something more with the series to wrap up some lingering questions about trust and faith. Diving into the soldiers' backgrounds into their previously unseen fight against the unknown enemy attempted to close the loop on what some people could arguably say were random acts of drug-induced violence and bath salts. Sarah Ann Howard, four out of five Tobies again this week. Why didn't we have more of this type of exposition earlier in the season? This was a great follow-up to last week's episode. I think they are setting it up for actual zombie action next week. A stadium full of zombies? Yes, please. And finally, Carl Hooker says 4.25 Ruben Scissorhands out of five. Side note, does anyone else think that Nixle looks like a strung-out Johnny Depp? Well, yes, because <laughs> yes. any white person exactly. who's skinny with long, kind of dark, stringy hair looks like right. Johnny Jack Sparrow. Uh, I'm just caught up now. I just now caught up and watched all five episodes in a row. Cuts down on the slow burn a bit to watch it like a two and a half hour movie. It's definitely on an upward trajectory. Between uh, Hooker's Ruben Scissorhands and uh, Robert's Demon, four Demon Barbers out of Fleet Street, there's a lot of good Johnny Depp cuts people jokes. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I'm enjoying these. Good good job, (laughs) listeners. I like this. This is making me laugh. (laughs) Uh, So before we continue on, Aaron has other engagements he has to get to. So Aaron... Uh, until next time, where can people find you on the wide, wide world of internet sports? Um, I'm all over the place, but you can find me writing about movies daily at RantHollywood.com. I just reviewed The Martian over there, which is an excellent film, and I am going to be writing plenty of other uh, 
coverage as well. Um, you can also find me on Out Now with Aaron and Abe. That is the podcast that my co-host Abe and I to- host to talk about movies weekly. With this week, we'll, we we will be talking about The Martian. Last this week's ep- this week's upcoming episode that we already recorded, uh, we're talking about Sicario, and uh, yeah, we have a lot of fun on there. And uh, lastly, you can follow me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Well, thank you very much for joining us, as always, sir. Of course. And uh, you have a good night. Bye, bye. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I'll be I'll be back for the finale. So hopefully this one ends as strong as the the group of us are together. As we... <laughs> <laughs> All right, together, die together. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Matthew right. Fox coming to Fear the Walking Dead. Four, <laughs> White Horse Two. I'm telling you. <laughs> we gotta go back, Aaron. We gotta go back. All right. All right. <laughs> Have a good one. So that's it for the main part of the episode. Of course, after we close it out here, we're going to go into spoiler territory and talk about next week's episode, as well as uh, a quote from The Hollywood Reporter about Victor Strand's character and his importance in upcoming moments in The Walking or Fear the Walking Dead, and some speculation as to who will or will not make it out of the season and why we think so. But because that could be theoretically spoilery, just by happenstance, we'll, we'll save that for the end. But until then, you can follow us on Twitter at HHWLOD underscore network, or you can send us an email, WDTV at HHWLOD.com. You can, of course, find this show and all of our other fine shows at HHWLOD.com. Craig, you're at Auto Chat Show. That's correct, at Auto Chat Show, Facebook.com forward slash Auto Chat Show. We have a very fun podcast there talking about cars and other things that happen to go across my brain. So check it out, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Rich, you're at ChubToad01. That is correct, and you can also check me out on this same feed on DC TV, where we talk about all things DC Comics as far as their television shows. And I'm at Jordan FRM Jersey, and you can find me all over the place at hhwlod.com or at uh, just search for Long Box of Doom or hhwlod on uh, YouTube. We've been doing some video casts recently. We just wrapped up our long-standing series on Lock and Key, one of the best comic series ever written, at least if you ask this particular comic book reader. And that was a lot of fun. So if you want to see our ugly mugs, at least some of us, you can uh, check that out over there. But until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember, if you are ever wishing you had something to mask the smell of urine, apparently vomit will do the trick. Have a good week, everybody. Bye, Bye Jerry. So next week on The Walking Dead, and of course, if you don't want to know anything at all whatsoever about next week's episode cut out now we won't be offended have a good week but if you don't mind knowing just a little bit about what to expect here we go season one episode six of fear the walking dead is entitled the good man and the brief synopsis we have from tvdive.com is as civil unrest continues to grow and the dead take over travis and madison must explore new ways to protect their families in the season one finale and uh, in the next week on fear the walking dead scenes we uh, we see daniel preparing to kill kilmer uh, travis and madison looking on as he does so we see the evac start to happen we see a breakout we see walkers we hear and see gunfire so it looks like a lot of action next week. Now, uh, before we get into our predictions for who will live and who will die and who will stick a needle in their eye, Rich, you had that article or that quote from The Hollywood Reporter about the character of Victor Strand, right. who I'd been calling the salesman. What do they have to say about his character? Right. This is a quote from The Hollywood Reporter when they're interviewing uh, showrunner Dave Erickson on the character Victor Strand. Strand is a fixer. But he's also a man of means. He's he's quite wealthy and gets scooped up when things go to hell. There's an irony to him being stuck where someone of his means would never be. 
He's a survivor in his own right. If you take Daniel and Strand and see how they interact, it's going to be quite compelling. Strand is a guy who recognizes that there's a shift in currency. He knows things are not going to get better for some time and, and that the shiny objects are not what matter anymore. That's why he's willing to give away his watch to the guard. We wanted to introduce a wealthier character that you don't see that often on the original show and see how they interact with our blue-collar family. He will be very important in how the season ends and where we go in season two. Very Good. interesting. Yeah. I like him. I, I like that whole thing about you take Daniel and Strand and see how they interact. It's going to be quite compelling. I that that that's got me sold. Yep, they'll, they'll trade uh, cufflinks for strips of flesh. <laughs> Uh, so Craig you were the one uh, you had found on on the Facebook group uh... yeah we have a great Facebook group as always and there was a post by uh, Everard Santa Marina yesterday it says anyone care to speculate who from our series regulars might not survive the season finale he goes on to write other than Chris who I think is a bit of a waste of space couldn't agree with you more Everard there's not really anyone I want to lose. I suspect the doc might not make it, even though it would be great to have her knowledge to fill in the blanks on what we've all complained about. I also think the Barber and Ophelia would be a twofer at some point. Ooh, I hope not. But hopefully not next week. I can't see either one going on without the other. There were some comments, actually, uh, a lot of comments, just like our Toby ratings. And I'll go through a few of them real quick. Uh, Belinda Ake says, I'm not sure Travis is going to make it. He's a bit slow on the uptake. The teen daughter is a waste of air, uh, so maybe her. Mick Muse says, I kind of hope Travis goes. So that's two for Travis right there. Pamela Burton says, I like the teen daughter, Alicia. Uh, then again, I'm also a fan of the 100, so I like the actress, and I want to see her continue on the show. I think they could write the character a little better. I want to see Travis and Chris go. So that's three for Travis right there. Mike Jones, this sounds terrible, but I don't care which one of them dies. <laughs> Brent Jones, I have a feeling it's the barber and that would suck. Amy Jones, uh, I guess the whole Jones family's here. Well, I <laughs> like nothing more to see Nick be the one. I think it'll be the barber. He's not going to want to be without his wife. My other bet is on the ex-wife. I guess she means Liza. Uh, Sarah Ann Howard, Daniel the barber will probably die trying to save his daughter. Interesting. Uh, Tanya Royston, Liza's safe because she'll be the resident doctor. Nick will leave the quote-unquote hospital with the closer and be separated from the rest. Travis and Chris are just too annoying to go this quickly. Oh, so we want to stretch out the, the annoyance. Okay, I think Madison will be the new Rick, so she'll survive. So, guys, that being said, who do you think is not going to make it out of season one of Fear the Walking Dead? Or Up until I found that quote from the Hollywood Reporter, I... Uh... I thought Daniel, because the whole title of the episode, The Good Man, I figured that he would end up dying in Ophelia's arms or something like that, and she's going to have found out that he really was a good man or something like that. But now, the whole thing about the interaction between him and Strand, I don't know well, if Well, unless they have interaction just, before he dies in the episode. That, well, that's what I was about to say, unless you're just talking about next week, but... You know, I, I'm kind of hoping that Daniel makes it into the next season as well, but I, I kind of took that from the title of the episode. I definitely would like to see Travis go. Um, may, one of two ways, have him be offed or or possibly get separated and be gone and show back up in like season four of this, a better character. Um, definitely, I mean, I, I could care one way or the other with Chris, um, so... 
it doesn't really matter. Although I do think it would be interesting to see some of the weird tension that would go on within the group if him and uh, Alicia did end up being uh, an item. So I don't know. Um, but uh, I definitely think Madison's going to make it. I agree with the comment about she's the Rick. I think that she is. Um, so Nick, I, I'm pretty sure he's going to make it. Yeah. But there, there, that one, there's there's a 50-50 on that because of the situation. I, I think he possibly could be used by Strand uh, to, as, you know, zombie fodder make him like the Otis of this series. But that's my take. Uh, so I have a couple of different thoughts about this. And, and mostly my thoughts aren't on these are the characters I want to die because quite honestly, I like or am neutral on pretty much all the characters um, except for like Moyers or something. So more of my thoughts are like what would be the most interesting combinations to survive. So for instance, a combination where uh, Travis dies and so now it's uh, Liza and Madison as like the the dual matriarchs of this blended family could be really interesting, um, dramatically speaking. Uh, also, one where Liza dies, but it's Travis and Chris and Madison and her kids are all still there, so you still have that blended family aspect. Um, and you know, Chris is furious about his mom dying, and now he's got to take orders from Madison. And there's plenty of built-in drama right there. The things that kind of jump out to me for that one are: I don't see Liza continuing on as a character because she's already on Orange is New Black and stuff, but I really like her and don't want to see her gone, but I feel like one of the triad needs to die. They film at opposite times of the year. And that's fair enough, and she's, I mean, she is a major character on Orange is New Black, but all the characters on Orange is New Black are pretty much supporting characters because there's so many of them, so they could probably still fit in even if they normally wouldn't be able to. So, I mean, hopefully she's still around because I like her quite a bit. Having the medical experience there, I think, brings an interesting dynamic to the show. You need that character who can do those kind of things, like a Herschel or something like that. I don't don't think Exner dies unless they give her, like, some kind of hero's death, but I, I think they should keep her around. Daniel and Ophelia... Daniel's another one where it's like I don't see him staying on a TV show as a recurring character or as a as a uh, as a main character like he's a very good actor but he doesn't seem like the type of actor who does that who stays on a long running show or something like that for multiple seasons I would like to see him stay around though Ophelia I have really no feelings to um, I think an, an a outcome where he gets all this information doing all these horrible things and his daughter still ends up dying and he has to live on without her. That's interesting. Um, Alicia, I hope, stays around. Chris, I kind of like Chris. I, and I like Chris's interactions with the other characters and I feel there's plenty of built-in drama to keep him around. Same with Nick. Um, Victor Strand, yes. I would watch a show that's just him and his awesome voice. And I think that's pretty much... Am I forgetting anybody? Matt, like, Madison could die. I could see an interesting version as well, where it's like Travis and Liza still around, and now they have these two kids that aren't theirs with them. Um, that could be quite fascinating, but I don't see them killing off Kim Dickens, because I, I kind of agree she's the Rick. She's the one who's coming to terms with this world faster than everybody else and starting to make the really smart decisions. So yep. we'll see. I, I really don't see Kilmer surviving 
and that won't bother me. Like, no offense to the actor, he's doing a fine job, but there's nothing to the character. He is literally Corporal just... Andrew Adams, you mean, right? Okay. Yes, yes. he's okay. literally just a uniform at this point. There's nothing character-wise about him that we know at all, except that he feels a little bit guilty about doing terrible things. And his arm hurts I, right now. <laughs> yes, we know that. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you, Jordan, but it would be kind of cool if they did flesh his character out. Oh, no pun intended there. Oh. Uh, I honestly didn't, but... um. It's one of those happy accidents, but uh, I think it would be cool because he does have that survival training and all that stuff that he would well, end possibly up sure being being part of the group and 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 something becomes of him and Ophelia and maybe he's the one that loses Ophelia or she loses him or something next season or something like that. But I think it would be kind of cool because I think he'd be an add to the group. Also a situation where she dies and you have her father and him still surviving, not knowing how to deal with each other, particularly after, you know, he slices his arm open, you know, that could be interesting. Right. But, uh, yeah. Well, uh, my, my thoughts are, and I've kind of alluded to this earlier in this show, I think one of the mana was is definitely doomed uh, by the end of next episode. I suspect, although I want it to be Chris, I suspect it's Liza. She did a very selfless type of act uh, when she went to the hospital. So she, anyone in this series, although this is trying to be very much not like The Walking Dead, although we've seen this kind of play out, anyone that gives a speech or that does a selfless act is usually not long for the world. So I'm going to pr- predict that Liza's going to go... Travis, I, I don't know how I feel about him. I think when the show was created, they probably felt that, you know, Madison and Travis are going to be in this thing together probably for quite a while. But I don't think his acting and, and the way he's portraying this character, Cliff Curtis, that is, is, is keeping up. They may look at it and do some shocker maybe in season two. The first, like, like what happened with The Walking Dead in season three, episode two or three, they killed off like three main characters in one show. They may do something like that and he may disappear. Although I like your idea about him disappearing, Richard, like him disappearing into the woods, coming back three seasons later. That's something we haven't seen with The Walking Dead, really. He could be the Morgan of Fear the Walking Dead. Exactly. Right, Come right. back as a Jedi. Well, he doesn't like guns, so who knows what he'll be well, wielding. Well, I, I mean, this may be considered in some way racist, although I absolutely don't mean it that way. But he could come back as the Boba Fett of this universe, seeing as <laughs> the actor who plays Boba Fett, and, well, or at least Jango Fett and reconned in Boba Fett, is of Maori descent. Just, so he could I'm be a bounty hunter. To, I'm mostly trying to stick with the Star Wars theme, I, and I recognize that the... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't mean it ne- negatively. I like those characters, but... Yeah. So I, I think, like I said, one of the was I believe, is doomed. Nick is not going anywhere. His acting is superb. That They put a lot of investment into that character. He's not going anywhere. Alicia, I don't think she's going anywhere e- either. Uh, like I said, Liza's going to be taken out. Ophelia, not sure about her. Again, that may be a shocker somewhere down the line, but not tomorrow, not next week's episode. And Ruben Blattis, I have to say, you know, you, you made a comment that he's not the kind of guy that's going to be on a recurring TV show. Neither was Norman Reedus. And that's he stuck true, around but, quite a bit. But also, when I say that, though, I mean, if you look at his history as an actor, like Norman Reedus has been an actor for like maybe 15 years. Ruben Bottas has been an actor for, like, 40. So, like, I'm saying we have a lot more prior trends to examine, if you know what I mean. But he is getting older, and it might be nice to, you know, have something that's just a steady paycheck. And, and hey, that's a really good point, you know? Yeah, like Scott Wilson did with, uh, you know, Herschel, the Herschel character. He was on for a few seasons. I see him remaining, though. He, he now, after this episode, I mean, I saw it coming up, but after this episode, he's now part of the core. 
If there is a core group, he's definitely in it. I, I want to see him do what he did and more for seasons to come. So I hope that he does remain, and I think the producers will be smart enough to carry him over in one form or another in seasons. So I believe he, uh, Daniel character is safe. I'm sorry? Maybe a force ghost? Uh, <laughs> yeah, possibly. It'll be just an image, <laughs> a hologram floating out there. We'll have Morgan, we'll have ba- Boba Fett, and we'll have a force ghost. I, exactly. I'm liking this. Yeah. Madison obviously isn't going anywhere. She is the Rick. Uh, we've all said that before. Although, if they kill her off, it, they would surprise all of us. It would be a yep. surprise. Yep. I mean, they're trying. You know, it, it's funny you say that because, again, I'm going to say it again. They're trying not to be The Walking Dead. They may do something crazy like that. And so, you know what? We have the main character. We're going to kill her off. How about that? You know, they, they could do something like that. I just don't know. I think one of the men it was is doomed. We'll see which one it is. As far as the other characters, I'm not going to go into, you know, the, the, the troops and who's going to die there. Um, I do wish to see, however, Toby return. I will say that on the record once again. He's one of the best characters we had. And it wouldn't be bad to see Lieutenant Moyers come back in one form or another. We don't know if he's dead. I did like his character as well. So those are our thoughts. And we have a great Facebook group. So thank you, Everard, for posing that thread. There's a lot of threads like that on our Facebook page. You can find it at The Walking Dead TV Podcast on Facebook. Just do a search. Join the group. We have over 600 members right now. And it's growing. 652 as of right now. So go ahead and join the group. Join the conversation. We'll read your comments on the air. And we appreciate you you posting those questions. Have a good week, everybody. I think that pretty much wraps it up. Now that the world has gone to hell Okay. And this is episode one forty four. Isn't multiple the one hundred forty fourth like the cardboard anniversary? It's a it's a <laughs> how it's a gross which is fitter which is fitting for the Walking Dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and dog ears. Who outside of the Bible would know what the one hundred forty fourth wedding anniversary would be? Eric? Um, uh, I don't know. I have no idea. I was just asking. The point is, I don't think it comes <laughs> up very often. These are the thoughts that go through my head at random times. Mainly, I shouldn't... That that ups the count to four <laughs> thoughts through his head every week, by the way. That's a, that's a new record. It's amazing. I want to do, like, a short film on the two brain cells I still have and how they, when they connect every so often and there's these sparks. be a great film. Those two general thoughts are angry and ex-wife, and when they come together, angry. They call it the perfect storm. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, when you're using this for bloopers, cut out the part. Yeah, I'm not an idiot, dude. Well, I'm just making. Oh, I forgot you're my consigliatore, so yeah. You should save that. I'm not an idiot, dude. For like every blooper. Well, I'm gonna put that whole thing in there and just like a 12 second bloop where it says cut out the beep, and then uh, yeah, I'm not an idiot, dude, because that'll be funny, ish. Um, like all of our bloopers. I wonder if the number four six two means anything. Hmm. Maybe. <laughs> kind of like the numbers in Lost. Are they lost you know, numbers? I don't know about that. The lost numbers were four eight fifteen sixteen twenty three forty two one zero eight. So in there, you have 462 a number of times. So 
<laughs> well, it is a binomial con- coefficient in the sum of six co- consecutive primes, 67, 71, 73, 79, 83, and 89. But what are any of those divisible by the Fibonacci numbers? I, you know, I, I, it's not quite that type of a sequence. So. Okay, well, regardless, what I'm hearing is that Matthew Fox is definitely going to be premiering in Fear the Walking Dead 5462. <laughs> what if this is Oceanic Flight in another reality? Well, I mean, Oceanic is a very popular um, fictional uh, airline airplane company. Com- yeah, yes. airline, yeah, thank you. That's the word I couldn't think of because um, it had appeared many times before Lost. Um, also, was just the one that made it big, um, but I feel like we saw the plane in that episode. Assuming it was the the plane in episode yeah, three, had to be. It and had that to did be. not look I don't like know an if it had to be. Logo. I mean, you know, lots of planes got problems. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to assume since we like took ten seconds of the episode to really focus in on it, uh, waving hello, that it's probably that flight. But we'll find out soon enough. That's the name of my new album, by the way. Yep. Lots of planes have problems. <laughs> <laughs> David Weiner wrote this week's episode. What a whiner. Wait, is that the same one from uh, Mad Men? No, that's Matthew no, Weiner. That's, oh, Matthew Weiner, okay. That's gotcha. Matthew Matthew Weiner. I thought it was Matthew Weiner. Weiner. Uh, you're right, actually. Uh, no, wait, which one is oh, it? It's okay. one of the two. Well, the zombies would be smoking <laughs> cigarettes and wearing suits. Wait, narrow it down, Captain Obvious. No, no, like, normally you think it's the one that doesn't sound bad, but both of them sound bad in this case, so, like... At least that's how I work. When it, when it comes to a name, if there's two ways to pronounce it and one sounds stupid, I always go the other one. But in this case, hey, can't do that. But but what's in a name? A rose, a rose by any other name, other other name sweet. would smell just as sweet, you know. So it is the east, and Romeo is the sun. I think something like that. Can we go back to what's always sunny references? I excel better at those than Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, has anybody made made a you had one job meme of this yet? <laughs> Uh, your one job might as well be staying in the kitchen where she belongs. Am I right? What? All right. What? Well, didn't. <laughs> Why would you say that, Rich? <laughs> I, I was going to make the joke, Rich. You sound different all of a sudden. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> can you really get too closey with your not actually stepsister? I mean, can you really? Oh, wait, you can? Okay, never mind. <laughs> just to be clear, I don't have any step siblings of any type, so just like to make that 100% clear. So you're dating your siblings? No. Oh, okay. So what are you saying? I'm saying that was too cozy. It's or not. Uh, you had the Hollywood Reporter article, Rich. Yeah. I'm gonna call you Chuck. That would have been weird. Chuck. Uh. Hold hey, on. Chuck. You got that I article from I, the Hollywood Reporter? I accidentally <laughs> closed it, but I'll find it again. I, have I told you guys the story? Not really the story, but how when I a couple years back worked up in North Jersey and how I discovered that my name is not Jordan like I always thought it was. It's actually Jordan. Jordan? Is that how you say it? Jordan, <laughs> that sounds, yeah. That sounds more oh, like, yeah. a Bo- like a Boston accent, but that's all right. I guess they'll butcher the English language any way they want up here in North Jersey. That's how it goes. That's what I learned was that people from Bayonne, which is the majority of people I worked with, yeah. sound like they're from New England. <laughs> it was very strange. You opened up old wounds there, Jordan. Now, <laughs> flashing back to 1989 and my Batman t-shirts. <laughs> Let's see, in, ba- in 1989, you mean the year I was two years old? <laughs> That's the best way to shut down a conversation with you guys, I've found. It works so well. <laughs> so, I don't actually know, Craig, how old are you, if you don't mind me uh, I'm 34. Oh, okay, so you're not Yeah, so I'm only a few years older than you, yeah. You, you actually sound like an adult, unlike me, though. <laughs> I'm only 43. Only? I'm, I'm Craig. I'm Craig Reverse. You've crossed, yes. You, you've passed the hump, sir. What hump? It's all downhill <laughs> from here. 
Gotta do the hump. The hump. Yeah. Hump, 30 was tough. 30, 30, 30 was a hump. I'll say that really? for a fact. Now stop what you're doing because I'm about to ruin the image and the style that you're used to. See, 30 doesn't seem. Now, granted, I'm still two years off, but it doesn't seem right. too. It'll hit you. It's, It'll uh, hit you. When you with 30, 30 hit me. Yeah. You definitely. I don't know how 40 feels, but I guess I'm getting there soon, so we'll see. Well, if, if Rich is any indication, you'll be miserable. Um. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't need to take that from somebody who's barely out of pampers. I was thinking if we have time, maybe I can read uh, Everard's comment. He asked, is there speculation on who's not going to make it to the end of the season? That seems to be a good thing for after the end to make it right. a, a spoiler. So, yeah, that, that works for me. Because there was five comments from some listeners. I think that would be cool maybe to read those and then give, us, give them hours just so there's more interaction with the Facebook group. What do you think about that? Yeah, that sounds good to me. Okay, because this, this is the episode to do it. Obviously, with one more to go. And... <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, we could be a lot more correct if we wait. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I like that. That's a, I like the way you think. Uh, hey, that's my lawyer. Uh, the lawyer in me right there. Uh, his name's Barry. 